Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Interrupt the Routine podcast. With your hosts, Robert Blackwood and Selena Lammy. Oh. Let's continue, shall we? Well, we've got <laughs> um, we've got lots of things. Um, we've got lots of things to get through. This is our first. This is our first podcast, and um, I'm excited. Selena, very, very excited. Good. Okay. Uh, we've and basically these podcasts are um, an opportunity to discuss uh, creative ideas, mindfulness interesting interviews uh, well that we don't discuss interesting interviews we conduct them <laughs> and um a wee bit of lacking about so hopefully um between the two of us and the guests we will have over the coming series um you will have something that will provide you with uh, and to have an audio moment how would you describe it uh, selena what would you like people to yeah. think of us as oh, i was hoping for a lot of larking about um <laughs> on the scale of larking about to not larking about i'm erring on the larking so, yeah, just, yeah, interesting and fun. Good. We've got lots of things. We've got so many things. They're all packed more tightly than a lonely goat herd's knapsack. There we go. Will and if you're listening yodeling? to... I can't, I've not yodeled for a long time. My um, son is a huge, genuinely a huge yodeling fan. Loves it. Stick it on. And he's like, wow. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually genuinely very skillful. I spent a year living in Austria when I was much younger. Um, and it's a real skill. Mm. Um, so, Selena, can I ask, um, we've known each other for a while? Yes, some years. Can you tell us a bit about where you your life has taken you um, in the last year? Yes, I can, uh, most definitely. So uh, I might need to go back a little further than a year for a little background, but I am... Oh. Um, for the last few years, I, ha- I I used to have a big corporate job thing going on, uh, and I stopped that a few years ago, and I am now um, a coach. So I coach people around issues in their lives and career, ch- largely career change. And in the last year, well, I've been home a lot, and I have been involved in leadership training uh, and also running quizzes which is a lot of fun and I have family so I'm spending lots of time with my teenage boys who are delightful and my lovely husband. Can I ask you um, about your when you said a corporate job thingy I know you're going to talk a little bit later about about the various things but when you made the change when you decided to uh, to change your your life entirely were there how difficult did you find it um so I look back and I have a better perspective over over how difficult it was uh, at the time it felt like the hugest decision and a decision that was kind of made for me so I'd been in the corporate world for about 20 years at that point and I'd been in the place where I was working for 50 of those so so and I just had known for a long time that it wasn't the right place for me, but I was tied in. So, um, you know, I have a, I live in London. It's expensive to live in London. I have a family and children and you get very stuck. I didn't want to do the same thing somewhere else. So it was just very hard to see 
what else there could be in terms of an option for me. And then we had, I, I, yeah, I will talk about it now, but it, it come, it'll come up later a little. Um, my brother died. So, so my, I have, I'm the youngest of three. The middle of us is a, was a brother and he died. He spent less, just under two years uh, being very unwell and, and sadly didn't survive. Um, he had prostate cancer and uh, we were very close and uh, it was very, very hard. And I just couldn't come back to it. I couldn't go back to, best analogy I had was a pair of shoes. So if you ever, I don't know if you've ever worn high heels um, that are not that comfortable, but if you ever were to wear them, what you find is you wear them for the evening and actually you kind of get used to them. By the end of the evening, you're strutting around really okay. Um, And then you go on holiday and you wear flip-flops for two weeks and you come back and you try and put them on and it's the most uncomfortable thing and that is exactly how it felt like trying to get back into my job I just couldn't do it anymore and so actually I knew I had to change something and then circumstances at work meant that actually I had to make a decision really fast and I remember going in on the day I was going to ask them to let me go and they were going to offer me a different job and I knew that if I took the new job, I would then not be able to leave for quite a long time without, you know, not behaving well. And, and I didn't want to do that. So I sat on the video with my boss and she drew breath to offer me this new job. But I had to say, stop, stop. I just have to say this first. Uh, and so I did it kind of out it blurged and they were fantastic and supportive and they let me go on my terms that I asked for. Um, and so... I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but the actual jumping was made easier because of, because of the short time frame. Mm. And then by the end of the day, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I don't really know where it came from. By the end yeah, of I that day? Yeah, by the end of that day. I wish I knew where it came from. If you're a believer in the universe delivering, then the universe definitely delivered that day. I remember um, the first time I met you was when your brother was was ill and that is when we first met and I remember meeting you the year after and I think that your I think that your brother had sadly passed at that time yeah a uh, week before he'd, he'd gone a week before that and then it was the the next time that we met when we were just we'd sort of fallen into this uh, doing an annual quiz at the, uh, this is a, a place in, in South West London um, called the OSO in Barnes, the OSO Art Centre. Hello, big shout out to them. We we ended up just doing one as a fundraiser for them. It was then when I saw you and you looked uh, as if uh, you, just the world had been lifted off your shoulders. And I remember saying to you, you look you look really well. And you said to me, I am, I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. then sort of explained what you'd been doing and that, that you'd gone through. I think you just finished a training course. Um, yeah. And it would just... That day, I think. I'd come <laughs> from the training course to the quiz. Yeah. And and you, the, everything was lifted and you just looked um, very much in your in your power. It was really, it was really good to see. And uh, in terms of the, the difference between the first lockdown... Uh, and the second lockdown how are you how are you doing if you don't mind me asking 
I don't mind and at all. Uh, and I know this is a really different experience um, for, for, for everyone. The lots of people are in a different place. I honestly, I'm actually pretty good. Um, I, my life is saved on a daily basis by having a dog. My children reminded me that I'd promised them if we ever gave up, if I ever gave that job up, we could have a dog. And so mm -hmm. we have a Labrador, his name is Ted. And uh, he is so loved and just a great bundle of energy. And we live very near a big common. So I'm very lucky to spend the first bit of every single day outside in the fresh air, watching him leap around and chase squirrels. That saves me when I'm very conscious how lucky I am to all those pieces fit together. And, and my job allows me to work from home in fact it all I always worked from home so this is no real different for me I have my little office at home all set up term technologically supported in every way so so personally I am in a really good place and I'm very wary about who I say that to oh said I just said it on a podcast but but normally it's not something I announce because I know a lot of people around me friends family are doing much less well this time and I suspect it's because it's darker, the weather, you know, we had a great summer. Last lockdown was really warm. And so people quite enjoyed, a lot of people quite enjoyed having, you know, having time at home, in the garden, whatever, or out and about. But um, in this one, it's just been tougher. Uh, and I thought there was a real, so we had, I guess you did too, but a lot of, of the UK had a snow, had a proper snow. We don't, you know, we get snow so rarely, uh, but we had a Sunday where it snowed and it was it was magical absolutely magical we went to the park there's a park at the end of our road and it was just full of families and the joy you could like, you could see the joy it's like, almost like it was a sort of cloud of joy over everyone everyone was distanced you could see that you know nobody was bumping into each other and tackling each other to the ground i don't know why i think they should be tackling each other to the ground um <laughs> it's also it's also unusual for that day <laughs> Yes. Okay, yeah. So yeah. So so there was something about that day which just was the first bit of national joy, if you like, or, or not the whole country had it, but uh, I noticed the difference, and you realise how desperate people have been for a bit of human connection outside of their own house and a bit of joy. I'm really glad you could say that because I think people respond to genuine positivity. I think part of how this this idea for a podcast came around was seeing how people are looking in different places for connection. And I personally feel in the last lockdown, I felt very much that we needed to um, recalibrate. We lost all, all our work and we needed to re essentially revitalize everything virtually and do it in a way that addressed the change in the, the platform not to just cobble something together and just shove it, but to also understand how the platform itself worked. It was a great success. Whereas this time it feels, I, I feel a responsibility to, to get into communities and just go, can we do a quiz for you? Can we just, don't worry about money. Can we just do something that brings people together? And we've done three charity quizzes. We've done um, three PTA quizzes. So if there's anybody listening who, who wants something for their community, please reach out, please go to interruptthereroutine.co.uk, please send an email to us, because at this time it feels more important than ever to just go, we're doing okay, we're not 
it's not like we're a million pound company doing that sort of turnover, but we're doing okay. And actually people matter. But also to, like for children to connect with other children, for adults to be able to connect with other adults and to have that moment where a family is recognized by other people and not just internally, you know, laughing or talking about a, or arguing about a question or, you know, and seeing everybody else is doing the same. Like I feel a, a sense of huge urgency to go, how can we make a difference to, to people? If there's anyone out there who, uh, who wants to reach out, wants to get in touch, please, please do. And we will do all we can to, you know, we, we've obviously got to, um, got to make ends meet, but we will do all we can to give our time. I there love that, Rob. And I, and I have to say to anybody who, um, who is in two minds as to whether it would be a good idea to ring and see if Rob's got time to run a quiz, really do ring because Rob's quizzes are awesome. Really, really different. I've run a lot of quizzes over the years uh, and the ones that uh, that Rob has run are head and shoulders above all the others so yeah please if he's offering his time bite his hand off Not actually. that um, wouldn't be very socially distanced some sort of Sherlock Holmes story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the missing hand how did it happen <laughs> the case of the missing fingers and actually, on that note, Rob, uh, one of the beautiful things that I've noticed in this time of uh, crisis, there are so many words I could use to, to describe this time, mm. um, is the generosity. Um, it's it's hard for everyone and some more than others. Uh, and what I've noticed a lot, certainly in the coaching world, is that a lot of so people have either been furloughed or they've lost their jobs well, they're in jobs, uh, so rather like I was, which they've put up with, but actually they aren't making them happy. Sure. And they're kind of looking down the barrel of the next 20 years and thinking there has to be a bit more than this, really. Yeah. Um, they don't really know how to move any of them. And and I really like love to look at my coaching offering. It isn't, it isn't, uh, it isn't crisply clear yet, um, but what I want to do is open up um uh, an area so maybe i don't know if it would be groups or individuals but people who maybe don't have access to that kind of facility you know coaching's not it doesn't come cheap but i would really like to help people who are stuck mm. so if people want to get in touch with me i'm really happy to have that conversation uh, and selena how would they get in touch with you so uh, via my website is probably the best. There's a contact page there and it's uh, redmooncoaching.co.uk. But I'd love to hear from people and to see uh, what's the best way of helping people who are in a career rut uh, and may not be quite in a position to invest in you know, large quantities of coaching. I think that now it makes it it makes sense now um, to to go actually into the five top tips um yes. areas things you did actually it's a it's quite a nice segue this wasn't it wasn't set up that we were going to do this in this way we we just so that you know people who are listening um this is very organically done we have an amazing producer um pete donaghy who is um he's been up all night um but he is he's wonderful and he's been sort of steering this and saying you know just let it flow let it flow and if it's if it's rubbish 
I'll jump on and tell you. And um, he's only done that 398 times so far. So it's been really, it's been really easy to get into a natural rhythm. Uh, so we go to every week. So, you know, every week that we do this, we're going to do um, five top tips on something. And uh, Selena is doing this week and I have absolutely no idea what she's going to talk about. Uh, yeah. Go, anyway, Selena. And now it's time for the five top tips. Was that what you were after? You're going to yeah, do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should do it again. Well, you just do it. Okay. do it on your own. It's fine. All right. And now it's time for the five top tips. Uh, yeah. So, so, Selena, yes, please, can you... Huh, I don't know why I'm so excited. Um, so, Selena, over to you for your five top tips. What are they this week? So... Actually, quite serious this week because um, the subject of stress is rolling around on everyone's minds. You roll on people's minds. Um, it's rolling around uh, at the moment. And I think the, the topic of stress is badly understood and, and badly explained. So I have put together from a variety of bits of pieces of things that I've done and learned and heard and read. Uh, my five top tips for managing stress. Would you like to hear them? Yes, please. Very exciting, right? I wasn't sure if this was a Mrs. Beaton type, you know, five top tips to stop your cheese sauce from curdling. But I went down the stress route today. I can do the top tips for sauce next week if you like. <laughs> um, so the first thing, I Googled this actually, and, and the first thing that came up in the search was avoid caffeine and alcohol. That's a stress all on its own for lots of people at the moment, particularly. I won't be saying that. You know, when people, you know, when people come and they say, like, right, the first thing you need to do is basically stop doing all the things you like. And you go, like, right, you know, that the, the bit in Jerry Maguire where you go, like, you had me at hello. It's the anti that. Like, as soon as you said, oh, well, I think you should give up caffeine and alcohol. Okay, bye then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nowhere on my tips list, just to be aware. So, I've done dry January, yes. by the way, and I'm ex uh, super excited about getting back into drinking. <laughs> wet, wet Drinking <laughs> heavily. <laughs> now, I've just, I've just done dry January and I am feeling relatively good. Uh, but I well need done. to sort of, I need to also then ease myself back in. Um, <laughs> Anyway, your top tips, number one. Number one is about understanding the anatomy of stress. And fundamentally, stress is about a thought, which is very often a lie. Top tip, within a top tip. Um, a thought which makes you focus on either the past or the future. So on something which has happened and whatever impact that has or you think may have, or something which is going to happen uh, and, and how that might play out and the impact it might have. And fundamentally, that is what stress is. And being aware of what the thought is, is the first step, I think, in knocking it to the curb. So if you focus a little bit on what is this, this story, this, this narrative, this thought, this lie, whatever it is that's in my head, and it might be, I'm, I'm never going to get all this work done before six o'clock, and at six o'clock, I have to go and cook dinner, then actually, you can start to understand where it's coming from and start to unpick it. So that is my top tip. Number one is to identify what is the thought that's causing you stress. Sure. Tip two follows on fairly neatly from tip one. 
And it's about moving your focus from either the past or the future, wherever it's gone, and bringing it back to the present, like right here, right now. You cannot be stressed if you are genuinely all about where you are right, right, right now. Sure. And it's a few ways of doing that. I was going to say it's hard to do. So yes, I'm glad you've got follow up. <laughs> it's hard to do, but I have a couple of couple of ways that are quite quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is about breathing. I think it's the one that most people are most aware of. So breathe really deeply, like as low as you can into your into your belly, really deep, and breathe out for longer than you breathe in. So you breathe in for three seconds and breathe out for five. I'm doing this. It lowers your heart rate. Yeah, good. I see you look so calm. <laughs> and then. Uh, Another one is if you put your thumb and your forefinger together and just rub them. So you want to rub them with exactly the right amount of pressure that you can feel the ridges of what that would make your fingerprint. So just enough so you can feel you're not crushing the life out of them, but you want to be able to feel those little ridges on your fingers. Nice. That is nice. Yeah. That feels like something that um, the advice that would be given to to Bruce Willis in that scene in Die Hard. Do you know the one I'm talking about where where he where somebody tells him, to, "Oh, you need to just go back and sort of just put your feet on the carpet and just really sort of dip your toe." I can't remember how he describes it, but yeah, that it's really nice actually. So this one I should give a credit to the amazing Shirzad Shamim for this one who's written a book called Positive Intelligence, which is a very interesting book all about this narrative in your head. And this is a technique he uses to bring you to the present. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one more, which is my personal favourite, which is about uh, listening. So you take a minute and you listen to the very furthest away sound you can. So this is a great one to do if you're out for a walk or outside Mm. and you focus on the furthest away sound. So is it a bird? Is it a car on the motorway? Or is it, you know, something really far? And then you bring it in and you listen to the sound that's the very closest. And if if you're in a quiet place, very often you can hear your own heartbeat. So you can hear your pulse ought really to be the closest one but it takes real focus and what you find is it brings you right into you if you like so you're not thinking about yesterday tomorrow this morning this afternoon you are just thinking about exactly where you are now and they're really good techniques and they're super quick you don't have to do them for very long so that is tip two so it gives you the choice to choose how you want to respond so almost extends the someone described it I can't remember who as it extends the gap between an action and a reaction so this kind of stuff fits into that little gap because if you extend it then it gives you the opportunity to choose how you want to respond so you know your neighbor reverses into your front gate and you just gives you a minute to to choose how you want to respond so you can you can go flying out the door swearing and effing and blinding or you can take a pause and then go out and go, right, what do I need out of this? Okay, well, I need his insurance number, his phone number, and to check that he's all right. You know, those are the things. It just gives you a bit more space to make that make that choice. And actually, in a in a sort of even more local level, like my wife and I, for example, at the weekend, I don't think she'll mind me saying this at all, um, we, we had to stop and talk to each other and say, we're just both reacting. We're, we're not, n- neither one of us is actually 
offering solutions we're just we're just sniping we're just you know that the tension of of being in this situation is very unhelpful to where we want to be and also how we actually feel about each other which is incredible you know love and affection and we're not demonstrating or or we're demonstrating very few of those things and to be able to have that moment where we both stop and go yeah would this is just this is ridiculous because this shouldn't be this shouldn't be happening but it is how can we get away from that and she went for a walk i sat down and actually spent some time and i was really present with the kids i was really engaged with them and it really it nourished me and they of course were of course they were happy because they had some you know some dad time and it wasn't me walking around in my head going i've got all these things to do and saying like but i'm here aren't i i was actually with them and it was productive and it was fun and i got a lot out of it and just for that day or the last couple of days maybe i'd completely forgotten about that bit mm-hmm. and how simple it is and how and how helpful it is to solve other things and then suddenly all this affection and and this this ability to see that person and when you look at someone and you see them and they see you and you feel slightly more comfortable in your own skin it's really it's nice it's good it felt good i bet it did and i'm really glad you did that um and it's they talk a bit about uh you being kind of hijacked when you're in that place where you're very reactive you can you've kind of been hijacked it, it's a it's a deep discussion of subtopic which i won't go into now but uh, maybe on another episode we can talk about it but you get a bit hijacked and you and and it takes to, it just takes some time and a bit of understanding to recognize it and change change the pattern as it were and beautifully that brings me on to my third tip how neat is that which is about slowing down so so the business of must do more must go faster we're all so guilty of it and everyone talks about that we all know that we're guilty of it and yet we carry on kind of galloping forwards at a rate of knots and actually it's a complete myth that we can achieve more that way. It's a, it's completely the opposite. Um, and I sound a little, my granny used to say, you know, more haste, less speed. Um, and it's, but she's right. Um, can her, I just, can I right. just say is genuinely, yes. is that an accurate impression of your granny? No. How, how would take, take, take your time, have a go. More haste, less speed, Selena. It's probably more how she would have said it. She sounds a lot like you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do a voice of her. She hasn't been around for a very long time. Um, <laughs> Good God. I rudely interrupted you. So it did. Um, so tip three is exactly about extending the, the gap between something happens, so your neighbour reverses into your front gate, and the way that you respond. So just being aware of it is the first step. It's like, a, you know, have I, is this a knee jerk or is this how I'm choosing to respond? And then once you realise that you're making a choice, because it's very easy just to say, well, I mean, it's just, that's just, I, rea- I reacted that way. That's just how it was. But actually you had a choice. Top tip number four. Are you ready? Yes. It's about um, not trying to think your way out of stress. So, 
you notice you're in a stressful situation, uh, you, you can feel it because you're sweating and your throat's tight or whatever is going on for you. Yeah. Um, and the more you apply your brain, this is not something you can lean your shoulder against and just shove. So the more you apply your brain at it, the more stressed you are because your, your, your brain isn't in that place. It can't solve it for you in a kind of problem solving way. So if you figured out what's the message, what's the diet for me, it's like a scrolling message board when I imagine it. And it's this kind of message coming across the top. So what is the message the message is, you know, if I do X, if I don't do X quickly enough, Y will happen. So sit it in front of you and just, you're just contemplating it. Like, is it true? Is it really true? And is the impact really what I think it is? But not in a kind of very active way. It's like like pouring coffee through a filter. You just let it percolate with whatever your questions are about it. So you're understanding it better, just giving it a bit of space and see what it leaves you with. And very often what you find is it leaves you with the realisation that actually it isn't as true as you thought, or mm. there are other options which you hadn't thought of, or it is a complete lie to begin with. And actually... It's never going to happen, but you were using it to beat yourself around the head with because that's what we're very good at, human beings. Mm -hmm. So that's top tip number four. Nice. And top tip number five is move. And I don't mean do an aerobics class. I mean, by all means, do an aerobics class. But what I mean is put yourself in a different location. It makes an enormous difference. If you're finding yourself really drowning in panic about stress, move. Move your chair and face a different way. Move to the other side of the room if you can. Physically get up, go and sit somewhere else and you'll be astonished what a different perspective that gives you on all the stuff that's bothering you in your head. Those are your five top tips. Thank you so much. Five top tips. I really I really enjoyed listening to that and I hope that um, those who are sort of tuning in got something from that as well. I would be surprised if they didn't. Well, both of them. <laughs> people tuning in and on that note is the note i choose <laughs> i think that brings us quite nicely to the end of our very first podcast uh, a huge yeah. thank you to uh, selena lammy and a huge thank you to robert blackwood gratitude that's important isn't it and um also to our producer pete donaghy selena you have um a lovely nugget to finish with don't you i do uh, it came up in a conversation you and i had the other day about uh judgment and so judging people and judging ourselves and actually what i think is that the absolute antidote for judging people is curiosity so if you are looking to see things in a different way yourself and others get curious ask questions find out what's going on because you never know what's going on on their side of the metaphorical fence so yeah give it a go see how it works let us know we'd love to know how it goes and if you want to uh keep in touch with us go to interruptthereroutine.co.uk for all the events we are doing and also and also that is where you'll find this podcast uh we will be back next week with something different as yet to be decided bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.